0: Hello, Megan. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. This is the Witches Magic Murder and Mystery podcast. Podcast. Podcast.
1: Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm Megan. I'm Kara.
0: And I'm excited. We've been talking all about. Yeah. Okay. I know that it is currently when you're listening to this. I think it's the beginning of September. Uh huh. But we're thinking about thinking. We, we've we been we're thinking. thinking up
1: some. Thinking it some stiff. About October. Yeah, it's never too
0: early to start. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Christ. Because Halloween is coming. Ooh, Megan's birthday. And fall is coming. Fall is coming. <laughs> it's spooky season, which you know it's it. right in with this podcast. Yes. And it's our one year anniversary oh, of my starting the podcast gosh. of like the first Ooh. episode. Because our very first episode was released in the first Friday of October yeah. 2020. So It's just a big fun month. It is. And so we have some plans, you guys. We Um, do. We are planning. So you guys know that we put out our side pieces every Tuesday. We put out our full episodes every Friday. And then if you're on the Patreon, you also get two extra full episodes plus a video, (laughs) which could be who knows what. Who knows. In October, we're going to, if you are a member of the Patreon, there will be a brand new episode every single weekday in October. Now... If you're not in the Patreon, there's still going to be a lot of extra content. We're not just putting extra stuff on the Patreon. It's just between, between the regular feed and the Patreon feed. Yes. You will have a brand new story Monday through Friday, every single weekday in October. I'm really, really excited. And videos. We're going to add a couple. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to do as much as we can. (laughs) Yes. Um, we already, we've been mapping out like how we can accomplish all of this within
1: (laughs) this time. Yeah.
0: But we both love, for one, we love doing this podcast so much. Yeah. And we both love October and Halloween so much. that and we it's love just spending really time fun. together
1: so much. Yeah. It's just, yeah.
0: So, yeah. So if you're not a member of the Patreon, you may want to consider doing that. You can find the link in uh, the Instagram, bio of our bio. Instagram. Mm-hmm. You can also, if you just go to patreon.com and search, which is Magic Murder and Mystery, you'll find us that way.
1: Yeah.
0: I hope you're as excited as we are. I can't wait. I'm yeah. so pumped.
1: And also, we're loving, like, all the suggestions for things coming yeah, different from- different episodes. Yeah. So, keep sending them.
0: That's the other thing. This gives us the opportunity to- There's so many creepy little story ideas that yes. you guys have sent us. Yeah. Um, And this will be- It'll give us a good it's opportunity to, to go through several of them. So, yes. Okay, so get excited for October. Sort of. But right now, it's September. Uh-huh. And Kara has a story.
1: My story is a potential murder slash conspiracy theory slash mm. just a hot mess express of a I story. I
0: love a conspiracy theory. Yes. You
1: know that Mel Gibson
0: movie? I think it's called Conspiracy Theory. Maybe. Where he's portrayed as being not mentally well because he believes all these conspiracy theories. Yeah, Julia Roberts is in it. Yeah. I just love it. Yeah. I mean, Mel Gibson is incredibly problematic, so it's probably not as fun to watch now. But back in the day before we knew that, it Mm -hmm. was a real fun one to watch. Yeah, (laughs) That that is purely my (laughs) opinion.
1: Megan's opinion? This is not based on
0: My opinion based on the things I have read (laughs) in the news. As all of our podcast episodes are. Yes. You can find it in our show notes. (laughs) Our opinions. And our opinions are shaped by the research we do. Yes. And you can always find our research sources in the show notes. Yes. That's your disclaimer. Thank you
1: okay so my story is on karen silkwood uh, it's based in
0: the 70s karen karen i really hate i really hate what's happened to the name karen yeah if it was if everybody went around talking about how how awful megan's are and oh. if like if like you made a fool of yourself and they were like God, that's such a megan that's
1: such a megan thing i hate
0: that oh he, i have a sister named karen and i love her she's great I hate it. When my girls say Karen, I'm like, don't do that.
1: Don't do it. Yeah.
0: It's annoying to me.
1: Okay. So. The demonization
0: of a I'm not really
1: going to go into like her whole entire life. It just kind of starts when this situation starts happening. Mm So in 1972, Karen had been a housewife who dropped out of college and sacrificed her career in science for seven years during this marriage. Uh, She got a divorce, moved to Oklahoma City. Um, which is the headquarters for a plutonium plant called Kerr-McGee. And so it was about 20 miles away from where she moved from or moved to. She believed in nuclear power and was excited for a future working for Kerr-McGee. She also learned about plutonium's hazards. So she slowly turned into like micromanagement of all of this stuff like that she was working in. She's so like, like, oh, the safety. Needs- person. Yes, she's like... Materials management... Carry cautious Kathy. Yes. Her co-workers were like, okay, she's legit. Yeah. like she's Someone a lot, should She's keep a these yeah, things. She's yeah. a lot more on top of this than we are. So in 74 they elected her to the local steering committee of the Oil, Chemical and Atomic Workers International Union, OCAW. It's <laughs> a lot of Great. words. Yes. Sounds
0: like a blast. <laughs>
1: yes. So September 26, 74, a few months after her election, she was invited to the OCAW's Washington office where she decided to kind of spill the beans about how Kerr McGee was a bit sloppy, dishonest, and not very safe environment for the employees to work in. Oh. So a Steve Wodka, who was an occupational health expert, decided to talk Karen into going undercover and trying to gather some company files which would just kind of bring all of her allegations to a head. Oh, Um, I'll bet they love that. I bet her job loved that. Yeah. Well, yeah, because the word spread that she was a spy for them. And the first week of November, she was contaminated with plutonium on three consecutive days in what she felt was an attempt to intimidate her. How was she contaminated? um so on the night of november 5th she was polishing plutonium pellets that would be used to make fuel rods for a whatever a breeder reactor is guys i know nothing about nuclear power plants or anything
0: so they all do yeah they all they, definitely all of do. you
1: all maybe <laughs> some of y'all do i hope some of uh, you do yeah
0: we've got such a badass
1: listener. i know so about 6 30 p.m and. Alpha detector mounted on her glove box, the piece of equipment that was supposed to protect her from exposure, went off. So according to the machine, her right arm was covered in plutonium. More tests revealed that it had come from the inside of her gloves, And that's the part of the her glove that was only in contact with her hands. It's not in contact with the pellets. Yes.
0: Or the theory is that someone contaminated Uh the inside.
1: Doctors that worked for the plant monitored her for the next few days. And they found something kind of crazy. Her urine and feces were heavily contaminated with radioactivity. So scary. Yes. So after all of this, after her trying to feel like everyone's trying to intimidate her, she refused to quit. So on November 13th, she gathered all her results in a manila folder and headed for the Holiday Inn in town in Oklahoma City to meet the person of the OCAW. Mm -hmm. And she also had her boyfriend, Drew Stevens, and a New York Times reporter, David Burnham, meeting her. Okay, so she's supposed to meet three people? (laughs) Yes. So David Burnham said he had waited a couple hours for Karen, but she never showed up. He said they called the local police there, and they had found out she had been in a bad car wreck. Oh, man. Yeah. He said it was an eerie night, you know, driving through the straight Oklahoma Highway to get there. So before he wrote his first article on this, suspicions were kind of running high already. Was it a car accident? Was it something crazy because she's going to, like, tattle? And there's already it's been that questionable a contamination anyway. Yes. Yeah. He wrote when the first story came out. That union investigators concluded she'd been run off the road because there was damage to a different colored... Damage and different colored paint chips on her rear bumper. Oh, man. hmm He said, would Kerr McGee, this massive corporation, murder one of its employees? That's a really big deal. Or that's a very big deal. Very big step for them to take, he said.
2: Well, yeah. <sighs> he
1: said when he got to the scene of the accident, he spotted a bloody notebook, which... He didn't see a folder, a manila folder, like she said she was bringing. Oh, it was missing. Mm Mm-hmm. He said proving the existence of a folder that wasn't in the car is really hard. Like, you could just, I mean, maybe yeah, I mean, it. Yeah, I mean, proving
0: the absence of something yeah. or proving the negative of something yeah. is always
1: hard. He said it's possible she was murdered, but it seems unlikely. Oh, that she, I didn't
0: realize she was dead. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't catch that.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay, so she in the car accident. Yeah, she yeah. She died in the car accident. He said it's possible she was murdered, but it seems unlikely that someone could have planned for her car to hit the culvert the way that it did. There just isn't evidence. It's an irritating thing. When you write a newspaper story, you want it to be definite and positive, said David. To me, I don't think somebody set out to kill her. I think they set out to scare her mm-hmm. and she died. Then it became an, oh my gosh, what do we do? Yeah. In the official report, investigators wrote Karen fell asleep at the wheel. And that's a theory that none of these people that were supposed to be meeting her are buying. Like they just are like... Why would she fall asleep? She, fall she, asleep? Had a, she was probably
0: like all hyped up knowing what she was heading toward. You yes. Know? With the evidence Mm -hmm. and to do
2: the big reveal.
1: Yeah. They did an autopsy and the autopsy showed traces of alcohol and a sedative in her bloodstream. And the Oklahoma highway patrol said that she had fallen asleep and drifted off the road to her death. When the OCAW learned of the missing folder, it hired an auto accident specialist from Albuquerque, New Mexico, who was a policeman to check for foul play. This officer on November 19th said he had discovered substantial evidence, a fresh dent in the Honda's rear bumper inconsistencies with the highways, contour and skid marks at the scene. He said it indicated a hit and run and that it just forced her off the road. Mm-hmm. He said, if you're going for the whole sleep theory, she fell asleep within five minutes on one of the most stressful nights of her life. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you yeah. wouldn't
0: be. You wouldn't be. Sleeping. Yeah, no, you'd be on edge.
1: Yeah. So, it says that Karen's father, Bill Silkwood, decided to sue Kerr for negligence. He said the lawsuit was based on the fact that the plutonium was found in her system, not because of the car accident. It had nothing to do with, you know, them trying to have her murdered. So, years of back and forth, the lawsuit eventually settled, but Kerr never admitted to wrongdoing. Um, they settled for $1.3 million minus legal fees, and they decided to close their plant in 79. So, the FBI gets involved. And this is where it becomes like a tangled web of pages. I couldn't cut out of this. And I'm just like, where does this, like, how, how does this go? But it's
0: just so like, even already. Yes. I hate that you can't just trust in any instance, I guess, not just this story, but I hate that I can't just be like, well, no company would do that. Yeah. No company would knowingly misuse plutonium and put Mm -hmm. the people that work for them in danger. No company would do that just to save money. You know what I mean? Like, it's awful to think like, we can't just trust human beings to take care of other human beings. Right. Even the report from the Oklahoma highway state Mm -hmm. patrol or whatever. I don't even know if I trust what they find in the report. Cause everybody can be paid off like money, man, Uh money,
1: money can do lots. I'm already
0: frustrated and you haven't even gotten into
1: this. (laughs) Yes. So Larry Olson is a 44-year-old, 15-year-in FBI officer. He didn't pay much attention to this accident when he first heard about it in the local papers. But then the New York Times called national attention to the Highway Patrol's officers hit-and-run theory. So the FBI signed Larry to the case. He was picked because he's an Oklahoma native. And one of his regular duties was to serve as the FBI's liaison, to. Kerr-Magee. Oh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: As he later told congressional investigators, his first stop was Kerr McGee's 30-story granite headquarters in Oklahoma City, where he chatted with the security chief. His nickname was Spot Gentry. Oh, he was a retired FBI agent who was hired at Kerr McGee as a security consultant. It just is kind like, of fbi Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Where are you getting all these people from? So Larry turned to the trace alcohol. He said it had been found in her bloodstream. So I'm gonna start with that. Like okay. I'm just gonna try to figure out where it came from. He said he checked the cafe where she had eaten supper, kind of just followed leads all over the place. Like, okay, she stopped here, she had been here, she had been doing this, she maybe she stopped at yeah. a gas. Yeah. Summer, yeah. But regardless of where it came from, he said it was not enough to contribute to her falling asleep at the wheel. Also, there there's 0.35 milligrams of methaqualone. It's a um, quaalude, I guess, that helps your nervous system. It's like a nervous system depressant.
0: So, like, I wonder if even if it's a small amount of alcohol, if it's mixed with, with that, a depressant.
1: Yeah, which is a nerve blocker, I guess. Yeah. Like, she's yeah. so
0: nervous. Like, yeah. It's like an anxiety thing. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, her friends also said she was taking these... During the day, not just at night when the doctor had prescribed her to be doing, but everybody was just like, okay, but it's 0.35 milligrams. It's less than one pill. Is that enough to put her to sleep? Especially and also she was like on this while. straight highway. I don't know. But the same medical examiner, AJ Chapman said, yeah, it is. It's, you know, we did independent toxicology reports, interviewed separate people. Like it just mixed with maybe the diet pills she had potentially been on mixed with alcohol. We think it is. We think it's possible for her to fall asleep. So he was just like, okay, well, I guess maybe that's what happened. But he started to discover that flexi- plutonium had suddenly appeared on her skin and in her digestive system the week before she died. The Atomic Energy Commission, or AEC, which then regulated the nuclear industry, investigated the contamination and decided that she had been infected in her apartment, not at work. Oh, man. Yes. So Larry was just like, yeah. How did get out of How the plant? How did she get there? Yeah, yeah. How did she not get it contaminated at the plant? She got contaminated at home and brought it here. Mm-mm. And then the machine goes off because it realizes she's contaminated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's an idiot. But, or maybe this, in this part, he's an idiot. He may not be an idiot. You're probably a These great are man. our opinions yes. based yeah. on the research yeah. <laughs> that we can find
0: at the time on August 25th,
1: 2021. <laughs> okay. So the most, he says, the most reasonable explanation seems to be the gastrointestinal contamination was caused by self-administration by employee A, which is Silkwood. A Kern mcgee official wrote in January 1975 letter to the AEC. They said she had deliberately swallowed a microscopic dose of plutonium at work and walked undetected past the alpha counters at the door, which cannot spot internal contamination. Deliberately swallowed. As part of a bizarre plot to embarrass the company. But then he was like, well, I don't know. 73 other workers at the plant had been contaminated in the past four years. So why would like her being contaminated be embarrassing for the company? So maybe that's not it. Why on earth? Was well, she put herself in
0: danger? Yeah, by deliberately swallowing plutonium when she's yeah. like the one who knows exactly how dangerous it is. Yeah,
1: yeah, and it said for a while she had been giving them samples of urine and feces to test. Because remember, she was contaminated, like in her glove or whatever. Kara,
0: yes, Megan. I have been seeing all over TikTok these hair straighteners. Ever since I got my haircut, I still feel like I'm learning how to do my hair all mm-hmm. over again. Let me tell you, I have found one that works really well. It's um, from Tymo, uh-huh. T Y. T-Y.
1: Curly, wavy hair. So it was a huge game changer for me. It dries your hair in half the normal time and it keeps your hair safe and shiny, which I noticed immediately. Mm -hmm. I didn't even need to straighten it afterwards. And usually I do because usually I have all those wild, like curls left over. The wind power on this thing is
0: using the code WMM30. So that's just two M. So you guys know our codes usually have three. So just keep that in mind.
1: So with so many great products to choose from, now's the time to upgrade your styling and curling kit. So go to tymobeauty.com and use the code WMM30 for 30% off your first purchase. Goodbye.
2: Goodbye. Summer is the season of hot temperatures, outdoor adventures, and refreshing water activities. Summer is also the season of rough on your feet causing dry, cracked heels and toes. Introducing Babyfoot, the original exfoliation foot peel that contains 16 natural extracts formulated to remove dead skin cells in three easy steps. Apply the booties, relax for an hour, then wash your feet. In 14 days, you've got baby smooth skin and your feet have never been softer. Letting dead skin cells build up over time is hazardous to your foot health. Our professional-grade DIY products, like our original exfoliation foot peel, our men's foot peel, or our moisturizing mask, are some of the best foot care products on the market. Created with your foot health in mind, pamper yourself with a spa day from the comfort and convenience of your own home with Babyfoot. If you want a chemical-free, easy-to-use exfoliating process from the company that created the original foot peel, it's time to treat yourself to Babyfoot. Go to babyfoot.com and use the code SUMMERFEET24 and get 20% off your first order with Babyfoot. That's babyfoot.com and use the code SUMMERFEET24.
1: Kermicky officials suspected that she tried to doctor her waste samples to prove it was unsafe there, but there was no idea of like motives, and they were just like, "I don't, I don't think that this is right." Yeah, it like, doesn't is, make sense. Yeah,
0: why would she do this?
1: And then also, her friends informed Larry that she had been genuinely scared when she figured out that she had it like internally, as you would be. Yeah. So they were just like, "Why is she? Why?" why would she be terrified of her life or for her life? Like this could cause cancer. It could cause like, so your organs yeah. to stop functioning. Like, why would you do that? Why would any
0: intelligent human being knowingly and just,
1: well, and also she's cautious Kathy over here, mm-hmm. like telling people how to use yeah, these that's what things. I mean. Like safely. she very like, well yeah. knows all the dangers. Yeah, so. She wouldn't do that. It yeah. didn't happen. Yeah. So, in my opinion. So, so, <laughs> so then, then
0: I can't help myself. Okay.
1: So he was like, maybe there's another theory. Maybe she put a vial of it in her vagina or rectum and then used a syringe at her, like to keep samples at home, but then it accidentally spilled inside of her during the process. So as a way to get samples home, home. Yeah. To contaminate things there. But then also what bothered him most was it, it was really found in the bologna and the cheese in her refrigerator. The bologna and cheese, yeah, the plutonium one, yeah, like that yeah. was particularly that's where they found a lot of it, contaminated. Yeah. Okay, um, so they found that the highest concentration in the apartment was on these sandwich foods. So yeah. that it says the AEC had no idea how it got there, and I didn't either. Larry said for a while I thought maybe she'd been abusing herself with the ring of bologna, and the plutonium got in her that way. But I checked and found it was just a slice of bologna.
0: I'm sorry. So
1: you know how you can buy like the big tubes of bologna, and you can cut them like like thick a thick slices, like a like a a link of sauce. Yeah, yeah. So he thought abusing. He herself. thought he thought she was a les. Well, since she's a lesbian, she's gonna use the bologna to. He, she's gonna Masturbate. abuse. She's gonna abuse the bologna tube. Oh. <laughs> okay. My bologna has nothing. Nope. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> So she injected the bologna tube with the plutonium and then sat on
0: Or they're saying things. when she, when she put the vial in her vagina and contaminated it and then, then used the bologna.
1: Used the bologna to pleasure herself. She. I'm pretty sure back in the 70s there were sex toys, so why? Nobody's, nobody's using bologna.
2: Nobody, like, nobody's doing what? that.
1: Why? All the
0: yeah. things in the world you could think of that would be absurd.
1: <laughs> what are some food
0: products that... <laughs> It's just so many wrong. There's so many wrong <laughs> thoughts going through my head at this moment. I need to take this moment to let you all know that my mother has started listening to this podcast. Hi mom. Hey mom. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. For, yeah, just skip, skip ahead. ahead. Just sk- turn it off. Just turn this one off. Call me. We love me. you a lot. Call us later. <laughs> Call me. We'll tell you what happens. Guys, no one's going to no one's going to use alone. If you do, how? It's cold. I mean, and Machine and smell. All the smell. Oh. All the smell. There would, I mean, number one. It's in a
1: casing of, like, <laughs> weird plasticky skin.
0: So, but he, so
1: he assumed it was, like, a big. Oh, she's a lesbian. She's going to sit on this tube of bologna. God, it was the 70s, right? So,
0: yeah. But then he finds out it's, it's yeah. not, it's sliced bologna. Yeah. So, like, I'm just thinking it's hilarious that he went this it far with it in his like, brain. In his like, brain I'm going
1: like, to figure
0: this out. <laughs> oh, it's sliced bologna. Well. Ooh. There goes that whole scenario exactly. I've been thinking oh, about every an day. it's actual
1: sandwich? It's not in her drawer?
0: Okay. <laughs> it's not <laughs> in her nightstand? Not, so, not right. in the drawer? No. Great. Okay. All right. We didn't find that on the shelf. Okay. What a ridiculous theory <laughs> I know. is my opinion <laughs> <Yeah>. of that. <laughs> of that. Mm.
1: Lesbians. Man, getting it any way they can in the 70s, I, I guess. I just feel like,
0: I feel like he has a misunderstanding of lesbians. <laughs> I know. That's because... the thing, like, wh- <sighs> oh, my. man. Baloney. Baloney. I'm not, I mean, I'm sure at some point in the history of the world.
1: Somebody tried it. Somebody
0: tried it. But, um, no.
1: Not for me. I'm going to go ahead. It's not for me. It was not. (laughs) (laughs) Do not find any part of that appealing. Hmm. All right. So the National Public Radio reported in late December 74 that the AEC was worried about 40 pounds of plutonium that could not be accounted for at the Kerr-McGee plant. 40 pounds. That seems like a lot. I don't think she was transporting pounds of plutonium home in her (laughs) baloney. Nope. Yep. yep. No. Mm, Yeah. So this was around the same time that David Burnham, the reporter, was supposed to meet with her, with Karen, at the Holiday Inn. And... It quoted some government sources in the New York Times as saying that up to 60 pounds of plutonium might be missing. So it's not, it may not be 40 anymore. It could be 60 potentially.
0: It makes you wonder, did she get the bologna from a butcher shop or yeah, the deli counter? Like, was someone there paid off to contaminate?
1: You know what I mean? Right. But then you, yeah. I like mean, plutonium seems
0: easily traceable if you kind of know so where to look for it.
1: Yeah. And also, like, I mean, my it, theory is not even like, ridiculous yeah, than. Give it to me. I'll put it in the, the deli bologna.
0: My theory is not any more ridiculous than the baloney dildo theory. Yeah. Sorry, that. mom. I'm sorry, mom. Sorry,
1: Maledi.
0: mom. You <laughs> raised me to be, um, a intelligent, outspoken woman.
1: Congratulations. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> okay. So they were worried that it was a highly valued contraband. And they were saying that the grade of plutonium that was being processed at Kermagee has the price set by the government of $70 a gram. And this was back in the 70s. So on the black market, though, it could sell for five to 10 times that. So 60 pounds would be worth five to $10 million.
0: And again, people will do just about anything. For money. Yeah. We can't trust people to do the right thing.
1: Yes. So Larry was like, "I'm not going to press them for more de- Kermit for more details." He did confirm that they were having trouble with their inventory. He was just like, "You know what? I'm I'm going to look more into this and see if she had been stealing it." So he took it to a fellow named Ted Rosak. He was an acting agent in charge of the FBI's Oklahoma Bureau. So he went to him and asked for permission to open a new line of investigation into the d- disappearance of this plutonium. He was like, I know I'm working on this one case, but dude, like, there's a, Sounds like a there's a huge mess over here that I need to start investigating as well. And so Ted was just like, oh, okay, let's, let's talk to an old friend, William De DeBruyler. He was an agent in charge of the Atlanta Bureau who advised him to submit the request directly to the FBI headquarters. They were like, this is insane. We've got to get underneath this. We've got to figure this out. So Larry prepared all these official letterhead memos. He just spelled out like everything about all the evidence he's found. Mm -hmm. And then Ted also wrote some stuff, like personal notes about Larry and like all the other things. And he's like, I gave him the go ahead. I told him he needs to do this. The FBI's headquarters response was that Washington sent back a letterhead memo telling Olson to forget about the missing plutonium. It didn't have anything to do with the Silkwood case. In effect, he was told not to poke his nose where it didn't belong.
2: Hmm. Hmm.
0: It's questionable. Well, and then you start wondering about the government. Like, did yeah. they very well know the plutonium was yes. missing because they were doing something yeah, they were that they didn't it. want they it to be public? With it. Yeah. Because you can't trust people to do their Because right the hand. FBI is already working at Kerr. That's today's message. People are not to be trusted. You're welcome.
1: Yes. So welcome. Have a good day. (laughs) Goodbye. No. (laughs) So Larry decided this is stupid. I'm sending another letterhead memo second in by Ted again. And they were like, we, this is not right. Like what, what is happening? So Washington came back and said, steer clear of a smuggling investigation. So soon after that, Ted was relieved of this position and he was sent to Denver And everybody was Uh, like, oh, that's a low blow. Like, this is a demotion. He got in trouble. Yeah. Jeez. So Larry was sure the missing plutonium was a clue in her case. Larry became so obsessed with this that he broke the code of the FBI's secrecy. And phoned Joe Pennington, who was a young prize-winning newsman at the radio station K Talk in Oklahoma City. They met and called the- a radio DJ.
0: Yeah, he did. But you know, like it would make you want to dig into it even yes. more, especially if like, you're this kind of officer who's just like, I'm yeah. going to do the right thing. Yeah, because like, some people are good. Some um, we
1: have some good human beings. <laughs> <friends laughs> well.
0: So it really would make you dig more into it. Yeah. And would be really disgusted with this company, or I'm sorry. I don't know if you call it the FBI company, For yeah. yeah. <laughs> With well, this organization that you've pledged your allegiance to, yeah, and you risked your, your butt life off for it. to get
1: yeah. into, and then yeah, and then they disappoint you, mm-hmm. and they put you on this case for a reason. Okay, so it said they met in a lightly trafficked bar. The DJ says that Larry was super angry, but he explained all of the theories to him, and the DJ said this kind of coincided with other information I had picked up from oh, other wow. sources. So in late January, he went on the air with possibility that there were smugglers and there was missing plutonium.
0: So he'd heard, the DJ had heard things before this even. Yes. Which is interesting.
1: Yes. In response to this report, Kerr McGee sent a letter to the station. The letter pointed out that I was reporting on a very sensitive area and that I might inadvertently be jeopardizing national security. At the time, KTOC officials had assured him they wouldn't be intimidated by this letter. But after this... He said, I got the feeling that Kurt McGee was putting more pressure on the station. It wasn't long before it was made clear to me that I was to drop the Silkwood story and move on to other things because he was already embroiled in an unrelated power struggle at the station. He left K-Talk in early February for a news job in Columbus, Ohio. So he had only been in Columbus a few weeks and he was just like, guys, I want to cover this story. And they were just like, dude, this is just, it's been out there for a while. Like, nobody really cares about it anymore. Like, let's, we're just not interested in covering something nobody that's like. Nobody cares about it anymore. They said it's four months old and four states away. And th- by this time, the media in Oklahoma City has begun to neglect this case. Like, we're not interested in covering it. So the Justice Department, um, which has jurisdiction over the FBI, I'm just like, at what point, like, who's the highest here? Like, who, where did these, like, president trail off to? I don't know. So it was like they were super anxious to get rid of this case. And it said before Larry's reports were finished, a uh, Phil Weiland's, I think, chief of the Justice Department Management and Labor Section was portraying the investigation as a foregone conclusion. So, February 12th, he sent a memo to the Deputy Assistant Attorney, General John Keeney, which said that there was no, like, criminal investigation. Like, it's just not... There's no criminal behavior? Yeah. 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 He was just like, it is what it is at this point. We're just Uh, done with it. So, the official end came rapidly. Mid-April, he directed Thomas Goldstein, a young lawyer in the management and labor section, to draft a final fact memorandum. A procedure, which usually means sifting through all the evidence and reaching an independent verdict. But Goldstein entered the case only two weeks before he was scheduled to leave the Justice Department for a job in Miami. So it's just like, this investigation's over. Yep. So Karen's parents said, we taught Karen to speak up when she saw something that was wrong. His, her dad said, maybe that's why she was not here tonight, but her death will, ha- will not be in vain if you all speak up now and don't let her killers get away. So, Rolling Stone spent the fall of 76 retracing the two-year history of the Silkwood case. There were dozens of questions, and then it said they had three most basic questions. Was Silkwood carrying documents that are now missing? Is mm-hmm. plutonium missing from the plant? And why is federal government engaged in a cover-up? Rolling Stone has covered them. I mean, those are all my three questions, like, too. Like, go. especially if
0: she said there was a manila envelope, and then that's yes. gone. To me, like that right there says, yeah, there's a problem. Someone yeah. else was there. Someone took the envelope and it's never turned up again.
1: Yeah. So it just, I mean, I have tons of papers more. It's just like, there's no answers to any of the missing plutonium. It's just like, goes on and on and on about how they looked into the space. And Kermigy was just like, well, no, we double checked it. Um, We found it. We found the missing stuff. Uh, Did you though? Did you, though? On November 13th, 2014, a reporter at KWTV News 9 in Oklahoma City interviewed Karen's son, Michael. It was the 40th anniversary of her death, and Michael was close to tears as he confessed that he was afraid of dying without ever knowing who killed his mother. He Um, said, sometimes I wake up early in the morning from a dream, and I think I can see her in the room with me. And he wrote this in an open letter to his mother. She's watching me. Hmm. Uh, it said the reporter said michael's words moved me deeply didn't he have the right to know the truth about his mother a truth that is still buried in classified documents when news nine asked to interview me for a follow-up investigative story of the killing of karen silkwood i gladly agreed the day after the story aired news nine heard from a woman with a tip who wanted to speak to me to my surprise the tipster was the daughter of thomas bunting he was a former Air Force intelligence officer, and he was an agent in the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigations during seventy-two to seventy-four. Oh, uh-huh. It said Karen worked at the kerr plant in Crescent, Oklahoma. Bunting was a supervisor of the Oklahoma As, investigation on the FBI yeah. part. Okay. So given his top security clearance, he would know not only how OSBI spied on Karen, but also who had followed her and nudged her Honda off the road into a cement wall on November 13, 74. The legal team hired by, so- by her family to sue Kermagee couldn't wait to subpoena this special agent. His daughter said, his daughter Lynn told me in a phone conversation that her father wanted to duck the subpoena. If he couldn't, he said he would either refuse to answer questions under the uh, national security or he would take the Fifth Amendment. But after much soul-searching and a visit to his mother for a heart-to-heart, Lynn told me her father decided to do the right thing. He was prepared to speak honestly and truthfully. He said he understood that the truth would make him a pariah in the intelligence community as a whistleblower like Karen and knowing firsthand what the intelligence community was capable of. He was worried about retaliation against him and his family before he could be disposed or deposed. He walked into his brother's home for a visit and dropped dead. A doctor said he died of a heart attack, apparently induced by a cerebral hemorrhage. He was 44 years old. He had not been ill, hadn't had any physical examination that revealed he had heart issues And his second wife declined an autopsy. His first wife, who found her former husband dead, highly suspicious, had begged for one. Um, And Lynn told me that not long before his death, Bunting had revised his insurance policy, making Sue the sole beneficiary of all his assets and police death benefits. The second wife. Mm -hmm. Several months after her husband's death, Sue was found dead in a car, which was parked in the garage with the motor running. Her blood alcohol was extremely high. Her death was ruled by Oh, my God. There's so many deaths. Yeah. Bunning's daughter Lynn is convinced her father was murdered. Was her stepmother Sue a co-conspirator in the death of her father? Did someone in turn murder her because she was attempting to blackmail her fellow co-conspirators? When Lynn asked several Oklahoma City Police Department officers who knew and respected her father what had really happened, they told her that they couldn't talk about the Karen Silkwood case. And if they did, they'd be fired.
0: It does make you wonder. Yeah. You know, the intelligence community, we've talked about this kind of a little bit with the Havana Syndrome. There's so much that goes on that we don't know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many that we shouldn't know. Like, there's no reason for us to know. It's better that we don't. We'd probably be terrified if we did. Yeah. So maybe Karen's investigation was going to uncover something.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's like a greater good type of thing. Yeah. Like they were doing it for the safety of the country. There was something going on with plutonium and they couldn't risk yeah. other countries finding out right. what they were doing. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. And still awful. Still like just um the casualties. Of- yeah of accidentally stumbling upon information that yeah. you ha- you have no idea where it goes or how big mm-hmm. it could be. That
1: rabbit hole is just never ending. Yeah. A new business took over that space, Kerr space. Mm-hmm. And um, the guy that was showing the news station around, he said they would put the rods down there to store them. That's about 30 feet deep. And he was pointing to holes. And he said, walking around the building, it's clear to see Karen was right. There's places on the walls where a foot of concrete has been shaved off and holes. And it's been tested for contamination. Obviously, there were problems here. I think that Karen was going to report on all of this when she met her demise. Yeah. He said there's still people in town that speculate about what may have happened to her. Some folks say they remember seeing papers everywhere at the crash scene. Others say that she may have been seen or may have been causing trouble in a town where good jobs were hard to come by. Oh, man. He said it's not been put to rest. If it were, you wouldn't be here today, like, interviewing him. So, Michael, her son, was five when she died. And around 30, when he heard her voice for the first time on a documentary. Oh, I know. He said it was just one of the weirdest things. Not having that memory to draw on, it was tough. He said he knows there isn't much time left to find out what happened to his mom, because those who knew what took place have been quiet for so long. And those people are honestly, like, dying. They're dying off. Yeah. Yeah, So I was just thinking it would take, like, a
0: deathbed confession. Yes. Which is, in a lot of these mysteries, that's all I hope for. Yeah. is like, just clear your conscience before you die. Yeah. Man. And
1: that's
0: it. It is awful to think that I mean she was hired and appointed to this position yes. for a reason because like, she yeah. was good at it. Yeah.
1: Her coworkers were like, she's good, she's thorough. And
0: being good at it is what got her killed, yeah.
1: basically. Man. Her poor son. So yeah, what do you all think? Do you think it's just an accident? Do you think it was just a bunch of like things that happened all at once that were all, you know, just added together? Or is this like what the butterfly was?
0: Is this It feels like the Pelican Brief, you know that Yes. In my in my opinion. Her own personal, just my personal not opinion,
1: professional opinion.
0: Based I on don't other. think it was an accident. No, I don't either. I do think the story could be bigger than we even grasp. There, yeah, it could be way deeper and more complicated than we have any way of understanding. But I, FBI don't come for us. No, nope. just our personal opinion. Personal opinion.
1: We are not involved in this case in any way, shape, or form.
0: <laughs> I know nothing.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Oh, we have our Patreon shout-outs. Oh, my gosh. All the names. Yes. so You guys know when you are a body of a goddess level on the Patreon, yes. which is the $10 a month level, there are a few perks that are not available at the $5 level. Yep. And one of those is a personalized shout-out on the show where we mispronounce your name.
1: And it's so fun. Just wait
2: for it. <laughs> and
0: you don't get mad at it. <laughs> Ready?
1: Okay. Pamela Donovan.
0: Ashley Hildebrandt.
1: Zachary Lawhorn.
0: Kristen SF, Brooke Fisher, Sarah Moore, Jillian L- Laddo, Laddo I think, Laddo, and Lauren Scott.
1: Man, that's good.
0: That's amazing. Those are all the new ones since <laughs> the last time we did a shout out. And another thing is if you are on that body of a goddess level, there's a new discount code. We update yes. the discount code every month. So there's a new one now for September. If you need it, it should be there in your Patreon feed. Yeah. Um, that you can use on in our Patreon store for the discount. So you can find the link to our store in our link tree on Instagram. You just click the link in our bio. If you're in our Facebook group, you can just ask for it. I'll give it to you there. Yeah, uh, if you're not in our Facebook group, you should join it. It's been so much fun, especially this week. We've had so oh much gosh, to talk so about, so much
1: interaction.
0: So I really, really love it when we all start chatting about just everything in the world in there.
1: Also, we're thinking about coming up with some like fall. Themed merch,
0: yeah. Oh, that's the other thing. Yeah, if you have your eye on any of the podcast T shirts and things like that, jump on it. Get it before the end of September because we're going. We're not going to retire everything, but we're going to take away some of the items that are there just to bring out some and replace wear. them with some new ones and some cooler weather wear and new designs and things. And mm-hmm. we're really really excited about that. So yeah. So if you yes. have any story ideas for us or anything you'd like to say, mm-hmm. feel free to contact us in all the places. Yep all the things find us at which is magic murder mystery on instagram which is magic murder mystery gmail.com
1: we'd love to hear from you yes, yes. okay okay goodbye goodbye